You are listening to Meet the Thriller Author, the podcast where I interview writers of mysteries, thrillers, and suspense books. I am your host, Alan Peterson, and this is episode number 48. I want to thank you for uh, listening to this uh, podcast and tuning into this uh, episode. We're going to be meeting E.H. Reinhardt, who was uh, born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, but now resides in sunny Tampa, Florida. He was worked in uh, sales in one form or another for the better part of the of 18 years, but now writes uh, thrillers and crime fiction. He's got uh, several series going on, so we'll talk about that, of course. And he also he's published 16 novels in the last few years, so we'll definitely talk about that. Stay tuned, and that interview is coming up here in a sec. Just a quick reminder to uh, help me get the word out about this podcast. Uh, best way to do that is by rating it and uh, leaving a review on iTunes the uh, biggest uh, podcasting directory out there. So that's a great way of uh, helping me get the word out. So here we go, episode number 48. Hey everybody, this is Alan Peterson with Meet the Thriller Author. And uh, for uh, this episode, I'm interviewing E.H. Reinhardt, who writes uh, fast action uh, thrillers. Really excited to have him here on the phone. Uh, how are you doing? Good, Alan. How about yourself? I'm doing good. Thanks so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, please? Uh, I'm a thriller crime fiction writer. Uh, I got 15 books out as we speak. I'm working on the 16th, which I'm about halfway done with right now. Uh, I'm originally from Milwaukee, Wisconsin area. And about five years ago, six years ago, I decided to pull the plug and move on down to Tampa, Florida. So that's where I'm at now. Um, when not uh, writing, I uh, generally putz around with my cars and fish. Do a lot of a lot of fishing. So, well, so that's good. Let's do a lot of fishing in, in Florida, then, right? <laughs> yeah, fishing, capital, fishing capital of the world, or whatever they call it. So, yes, yeah, so I guess <laughs> it's the right place. Yeah, and warmer, better winters than than Wisconsin, right? Uh, that's, yeah, I, I had enough of the snow and gray skies and cold weather. I'll, I'll deal with my sunshine and, and the hot sunshine in the middle of the summer, but I'll, I'll deal with it. Yeah, I know that goes. I moved to California from Minnesota, so I don't miss the, the cold uh, sub-zero temperatures. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I'm talking about then. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I was looking at your book. So you have a couple series out. You have the Lieutenant Kane series, and then you have the uh, Hank Rollins series. What's the uh, difference between the two? Um, basically, they all start from the book Malevolent. That was the first one that I did. Uh, that's in the cases of Lieutenant Kane series. Um, that's going to be basically straight-up police procedural. Uh, he's a Tampa homicide lieutenant, um, and all the stuff that they're going to be doing is going to be in the, the – in the Tampa area, um, the Hank Rawlings series. Hank uh, Rawlings was actually Lieutenant Kane, the main character from the first series. That was his sergeant. So he ended up taking a job with the FBI, and now he gets to travel around basically all around the U.S. Uh, doing his thing, um, basically hunting serial killers down. And now the latest series I'm working on, uh, that's the Dedicated to Death series. That is a prequel series um, for Lieutenant Kane. So both characters are actually in that as well. Uh, and then the fourth book that I'm working on here, that's going to wrap up that prequel series, and then I'm going to get going on something else. Oh, okay. So you're going to be uh, uh, working on a new series? or? Um, 
I'm not sure yet. I, <laughs> I want to either pick up where I left off with the Hank Rawlings series. I got some ideas to go forward on there, or I might say, okay, I'll leave these characters alone for a while and do uh, my Agent Faust series, which he's a, a character that shines around in uh, in these books and seems like he's got some kind of secret thing going on. So I think some people expected me to to start in with him right away before I actually did the Hank Rawlings series, and I've, I'm fully planning to do a, an Agent Faust series, so I think it might be maybe time to uh, jump into that. Oh, yeah, I was going to ask you that. When you decided to, to like, branch out uh, Hank Rawlings and, uh, and Lieutenant Kane, was that the, when you were writing it, you just felt like, oh, he could have his own series, or did you get, like, fan feedback, like, oh, this would be great to have his own series? How did you make the, it, that decision? Um... Two things, basically. It keeps the people that are already reading, um, that are invested in the character and like the character, um, him having his own is great for them. I got, you know, emails from readers saying, you know, how much they like that character and whatever else. So it kind of made sense. Plus, from a, I don't know what you want to call it, marketing standpoint, uh, I'm kind of creating my own little world here with, you know, these characters that, you know, if you read one book, you'll see a character appear, you know, again through the different series or anything like that. So it kind of keeps it all wrapped together. So at least, you know, the characters, like I said, some of them are the same throughout the different series. So if you come in at one point, you know, you can't, you're not going to be, I guess, you, you'll see someone else that you know further along, you know. In each, in each, each story is a, is a, Within the series, though, it's a standalone, like everything is resolved in, the, in that one story? Uh, for the most part, yeah. There's there's a couple of them where, uh, you know, there might be a, you know, a story in the background that's going to continue. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, each book, yeah, can be just read as a standalone. There's a, there's a resolution for whatever the main conflict is per book. So you won't feel like you're not gonna you're not gonna get to the end and then you know find a blank page and buy the next one you know yeah the cliffhanger thing yeah Yeah. and how long have you been writing for? Uh, I've been writing about four years, um, but my first book didn't see the didn't see any daylight until about three years ago something like that in the in the winter. So yeah, four years four years actually writing three years with stuff being out so oh wow so that's uh 15 books in three years that's uh that's pretty incredible it's a good uh good good uh, prolific uh pace yeah i'm trying to actually pick up the pace a little bit more we'll see i want to try to get a couple more books done uh done that this year i'd like to have the one i'm working on now done and then have another three written uh, and available before the end of the year. So that's the goal right now. So when, from the time you start, you sit down to write on a blank page to, so you're, so it's ready, how long does that usually take you? Um, as far as the writing, I can get a, I can get the words down, uh, usually inside of a month. But then you have, you know, I'll take uh, I'll take a week with it, and then it's off to editing, and then it comes back, and I usually take another week with it, and then I have some people that do some beta reading for me in that, so they'll put some eyes on it, and then uh, gets all put together, and 
and goes off. Uh, I could do, depending on editing dates, you know, right now my pace is a book out and available about every two and a half months. Mm, so great. what I'd like to try to do is get that trimmed down by a, a, a week or two because um, it's not really my writing that's holding it up. It's just getting everything else streamlined a little bit more. So. Yeah, that is yeah that 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 is challenging with all the different pieces because you have to rely on an editor, or beta readers, and cover designer. Or do you do your own covers, or do you have a designer? Uh, I have a designer that's doing them. I'm actually I just got back this morning um, some redesigns for my Hank Rawlings series. So we're going to have new covers on that across the entire series, probably within about a week or so. Um, place I have to do it is called the Monza. They're out of South Africa. It's uh, mm-hmm. Very good place to do covers for a lot of people, and I'm dealing with the the main guy there directly now. So he's this is going to be his first work on my covers. A lot of them, um, I basically was kind of I want this and this and this and this, and then they were coming back created for me. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas now that I'm working with him, I'm giving him a little bit more free reign. It's kind of here's the idea I have in my head as far as the elements have at it. So. Yeah, yeah, he's great. He did my uh, my first cover from a book. So yeah, he's a he's a talented designer. Yep. Yeah, and your covers. Yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. So he did the ones because I like your covers. They look good. The colors and stuff, uh, pretty cool. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> and um, so why when you when you started to write these books, what the, what made you choose the thriller and the the, the crime fiction genre? Were you a fan of the of the of that stuff before? Yep, that's basically, um, I guess, what I'm interested in. So writing what you're interested in is probably the, the smartest way to go about doing this for, a, you know, if you have to do it for a living. Mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah, I'm going to, if I'm going to read anything, you know, and grab a book off a bookshelf somewhere, it's going to be in the crime fiction. Generally, you know, I like, I like cops after the bad guys, you know, whether it's a cop, FBI agent or whatever, going after the bad guys, that's kind of, my thing, I'll watch that stuff on TV as well. So, do what you do what you like, I guess, and makes it a little bit easier. And what the what, what inspired you to write your to sit down and write your first book? Um, I basically just thought I'd take a swing at doing it. I was uh, I was reading at the time a, a Conrath book, and I was flying up to Wisconsin just for a visit, and I thought, you know, I could probably write a book. And I was wrong, and I tried. I tried to do it, and I sent it into an editor, and she told me it was awful, but told me why it was awful. Um, and as much as I spent, you know, six, eight months writing it to send it off and have someone tell you that, you know, you can't do nothing with this, it's horrible. Um, much of that stings. I did take her advice, and the next book that I wrote was Malevolent, and I still think that's probably my my favorite book personally, but I actually went back to that editing house. That's the same editing house I use to this date. So after she said it was horrible and you can't do nothing with it, I threw that one in the trash, started again, and sent it back to him to to see if it wasn't as horrible the second time around, and it wasn't. No, that's great. Because a lot of people have been, it's tough, you know, they take that type of criticism, they, they might not, you know, go away and not try again. So that was great that you took the advice and and give it another shot, and then didn't uh, didn't let that uh, put you down. It's, uh, that's awesome. 
Yeah, it it, it ended up working out, but yeah, and, mm-hmm. you know, at the time when you get a when you get a phone call and you got someone saying that uh, now you just can't do anything with this, it's horrible. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine that stuff. <laughs> it's a little, it's a little rough, yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, but hey, you're uh, you're 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 selling your books are doing very very well right now, so uh, it, it, everything is uh, working out now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, perseverance. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, and so um, when you started writing these books, um, when you're getting your ideas and stuff, do you base them like is it kind of like those uh, you know line order from the headlines, or how do you get your your, your ideas for these books? Um. I don't ever actually, I mean, if something ends up touching on a you know, real-life event, maybe there's a little bit of a seed of a thought in there, but I try to kind of stay away from stay away from that stuff. Basically, with, you know, the genre that I write being police procedural and, you know, with the, with the Hank Rawlings series, it's still basically the same thing. He's an FBI agent, but the book, you know, works just like a police procedural would, good guy after a bad guy. Um, really, all you have to do is you have to have a different kind of bad guy. He's got to be doing something, and then you got the good guys reacting to him. So as long as you're finding a different way to, you know, kill someone, if that's what you're doing, or commit a crime or whatever, um, I, bet, I guess you got to, you know, you have another book. I have probably, a, I don't know, five or six-page sheet of uh, just kind of one-sentence plot ideas. You know, so this guy could be doing this. You know, this guy could be doing this. And I refer to it fairly often. I've picked some stuff off of that. But even then, it's, uh, you know, stuff I put together. If I think of something, I'll jot it down. You know, I have a plot that's pretty start to finish um, that I put together, geez, two years ago now that's still sitting around, that I always think, all right, this is the time to write that book. You know, I have all the, you know, little things figured out with it and whatever. Nope, I'll write something else. You know, just as long as I have any kind of idea, a book seems to seems to develop from it. And do you do a lot of outlining before you start writing? Or are you a, a pantser type of writer? Um, I used to be a complete outliner, um, and then that kind of turned into outlining mm-hmm. Half of them, and then now it's basically down to I need an idea, and I'll start writing, and I'll I'll give myself you know a paragraph per chapter, you know, going forward, maybe three or four chapters from where I'm, you know, what point I'm working on as far as this one has to happen next, this is what has to happen next. But for the most part, I, I kind of went from complete outliner to I would say maybe eighty percent pantser. No, I like that. So you, so yeah, so you, so so you, and you are kind of working on a on a loose outline as you're writing. Then you might say, "Oh, this is what I'm going to do." Uh, do the next time I sit down to write, or this is the direction I want to go to. That we. Yeah, I'll understand. basically I'll have an I'll have an idea in my head. You know, I'll have all right. The bad guy is going to be doing this, and then I'll kind of have like the, you know, the final scene in my head as far as you know, this is how he gets caught or. You know, this is how the final confrontation is. You know, I have that in my head a little bit and just start off and write to write to that resolution. That seems to work pretty good for me. I've been doing it that way for probably the last, geez, probably the last 10 books. You know, like I said, it kind of went from complete, you know, before I even start writing, I have every chapter, you know, outlined 
to now it's just man, let it flow a little bit more. I've done it enough where I where I can I can kind of get away with that. You know, I mean, I'll still go back through and adjust little things. You know, this would be better here. You know, and once you have it written out, well, you can go back and adjust something and then adjust something somewhere else. So. What do you use to write? Do you use like a Word or, or Scrivener? Scrivener, yeah. Yeah, I love Scrivener. I feel like you can drag the folders around. <laughs> yeah, my uh, my girlfriend's starting to get into writing here. She's about halfway, uh, actually a little bit more than halfway through with with a book she's putting together, and she's doing it in in Word. And I keep telling her we got to get Scrivener on this. So much easier to. Uh, just yeah, exactly. Go from one chapter to the next, mm-hmm. and if you label your chapters with, you know, like me, I do good guy, bad guy kind of stuff like that. You can find right where you need to be if you need to go back and add anything in or whatever. Yeah, so that's cool. So you, your your girlfriend's uh, writing her own uh, her own book now. She, she get inspired by your by by what you're doing. Um. Yeah. She she has uh, an interest in it and. She's got an interest in it. She's been writing a little bit here, and when I look at it, I go, you know, I'm, I'm impressed with how much better it is than anything that I ever started off with, where it's, this is actually, you know, I looked at it right away, and, wow, this actually looks like a book. You know, mm-hmm. so I was, I was blown away by that. But uh, she's going to give it a shot, and if I can give her any guidance, and I guess it helps with having someone who knows what's, you know, what's going on as far as doing this for a living to be your mentor, I guess you could say. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see how it goes. She enjoys yeah. doing it. I think it's I think it's great that she's taking a swing at it, and we'll see. Yeah, that's great. I mean, yeah, like you said, have a, good, have a good mentor because a lot of people that, you know, they might uh, spend all this time trying to, I, I don't know if she's going to go the indie route or traditional, but, you know, that, that type of advice could be golden for somebody so they don't fall into like a vanity press or something like that, you know. Yeah, well, it would have been nice even for, you know, myself to have, you know, somebody who does it, knows, you know, knows basically the the blueprint of the business. That this is how you, you know, how you should do it or this is how I did it and what works and what doesn't work, you know, down to, you know, down to anything. It's, it's a lot of stuff to try to figure out if you're coming in, you know, fresh without, without anything under your belt. So, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. And so, when you're, when, where do you usually write? Do you have like a, a, a dedicated space in your in your in your house, or do you go to coffee shops? Um, I have a I have a home office here. Um, nice motorized desk and a nice chair with all the bells and whistles and everything. And then I sit in an IKEA chair across the room from it and look at the nice stuff that I bought to use that I don't use. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's what that cashier is working for you, right? You don't want to. <laughs> well, we got we have history. We got a lot of books. We got a lot of books put out together, and it's, it's comfortable. I just that's I don't know. I still sit in there. I look over there, like, why do I have this nice stuff? I don't use it, so maybe I'll venture over to the other side of the office and start using it sooner or later. I bought the uh, I bought the desk um, so I could actually stand. You know, and oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, motorized, you can get it up and down. And every now and again, when I'm doing uh, text to speech after I get a book back from editing, I'll set it over there and do that just because text to speech, it's it has this amazing ability to put you to sleep. <laughs> so it's a little harder to fall. It's a little harder to fall asleep when you're standing up. So I'll try <laughs> to do the text to speech standing up over there sometimes. So it's, 
I guess it still gets some use. Yeah, yeah. He's got a mental picture of, of, of standing there and falling like a bag of rocks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know that's cool. I, I interviewed a Russell Blake, and he's a, I don't know if you heard of him. He's a uh, he Sterlers also, and he has a treadmill desk. He like yeah. writes, you know, kind of like rock running. I don't, I don't, I, I don't know if I could do two things at, at the same time like that, but the. the Seems to work very nicely for him, so I guess for health-wise purposes. But, uh, yeah, if you're uh, you're just sitting all the time. That's you know that's not good. I'll I'll write when I'm when I'm doing it. I'll write in blocks where I'll write for one hour, you know, and I'll actually it'll be timed. Mm-hmm. And after an hour, I'm getting up, moving around, doing something, you know, and then back. I'll write for another hour, then up, you know, go around, do something else, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and then how about the, like uh, when you're writing a, a project, do you have like a set goals for the day, like words or or, or chapters or something like that? Or when um, I'll usually go by by word count, um, and when I'm in in something writing, it'll be I'll schedule myself out. That's basically each day I want to hit you know X amount of words, which used to be. 3,000 or whatever, but as I became faster at writing, the 3,000 is, is pretty, you know, that's pretty easy to hit. I'll usually hit that in, in under, you know, three writing blocks. So whatever you want to call that, a 1,000 words, in, you know, a 1,000 words an hour. But even then, that's I just feel like that's not uh, quite enough work. So I'm going to try to get it a little bit more. I'll probably do about 4,500 to, to 5,000 words a day, somewhere in there, and that's you know, maybe five hours of writing time, something like that. So that's a great approach, though. Like, you start with something that you could hit, and then when you hit it, then start expanding it. Versus trying, you know, versus trying right away with something huge, and then you're all depressed because you're not hitting it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. like I said, it used to be, you know, that used to be hard for me to hit, and now I, you know, when I do do that, I, I just I still don't feel like I'm I'm doing enough just because you get faster and. You know, I mean, I wasn't doing the one finger typing when I started, but you just you get faster at typing, and you know the process of putting the book out gets faster, where it's easier to turn out that kind of that kind of word count. So now I'm going to try to get it get a little bit more up there, and I can shave some more time off of my production schedule. So yeah, and um, so what's your 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 writing day? Do you have like um, you know? Do you usually write better in the morning, in the afternoon, or a night person? Um, I try to get it done during the day, like a day job for the most part. Um, After a certain time at night, I don't want to be, you know, doing it anymore. It gets real easy. That's why I started doing it in the, basically, the timed writing blocks. Um, Because if you're not doing that, you end up starting to, you know, now I'm looking at something for, you know, my truck or one of my cars on the Internet or something like that, you know, or now I'm looking at this and it'll just, waste all your time and you'll be sitting there at, you know, 1,700 words at 6.30 at night, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, if I would have just did what I was supposed to do, it would have been a lot, you know, quicker and I would have been done by 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So I try to get, uh, try to cheat it like a, a, a job for the most part. You know, I get up, I check my, you know, my stats and everything from the day before. Uh, I'll get to, I'll get to writing and then... As soon as I'm done writing, I'm done. You know, I'll check 
couple other things, you know, marketing-wise, if I have ads to book, something like that, I'll do that afterwards, then I'm done for the day. You know, and I don't do uh, – I try to take weekends off. The only time that I ever am actually doing it over the weekend is usually when I have a book coming back from editing or something like that where I usually do that stuff on the weekends just because it's – once you get a book back, I want that thing – you know, I want it out. So I don't mind sticking, you know, six, eight hours on a Saturday or Sunday, you know, doing that instead of waiting until Monday. And then the, the, the book formatting, do you do all that yourself, or do you, like, hire that out? Nope, I use uh, Pulgaris Studio. They're down in uh, Australia somewhere. Yeah, uh, Jason. Jason, Jason right? yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yep. Yeah. yeah, he does, uh, actually does a lot more people than I than I thought that he did. Um, but, yeah, he's been great. I've been using him since I started, and... I'll, I'll pester him all the time, even for little things. Oh, I need this one thing changed in my back matter. And then I'll, you know, let him know that that's on another 15 books. You know, which I give him enough stuff like that where eh, it might bug him. But like I said, we've been working <laughs> together for a couple for a couple of years now, so it's all right. Yeah, so that, yeah, so, yeah, so he knows it's not just once, like 15. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, so, and... Um, how did you interact now with your uh, with your fans? Because uh, you're selling a lot of books. Too. You start hearing more and more from them from emails, and or how does that uh, how's that going? That must be fun. Yeah, I got a I have a newsletter, um, and that was basically. I mean, people email me all the time, just straight through my website, and uh, I usually am pretty good at responding fairly fairly uh, fairly quick, unless I'm doing something or gone or whatever. But uh, most of the time, it'll be, you know, just direct email back and forth. Otherwise, I do a newsletter about, I try to do it once a month, um, just kind of letting people know what's new, this and that, or if I got a book coming out, or, you know, I'll do a raffle for something, and I'll get, you know, a response back from the from the newsletter subscribers. Um, I finally got a Facebook page together a couple, uh, maybe a month or so back. I haven't really... I'm going to do a kind of a launch with with that Facebook page to get some eyeballs in action on there. But I'm going to start using that to keep in touch with fans a little bit, a uh, little bit more. You know, just kind of a little more of the day to day thing than something that would necessarily need to be in a newsletter. You know. Yeah, and I noticed on your website that you have uh, um, a few of your books are available for free. So that would be a great uh, deal for the listeners to get get to know your writing. Yep, I did, uh, and I started out that way with basically the first book in the in the series free. It's a uh, it's a good way for for people to take a swing at you know to see if if a book's right for them, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's it's worked as a as a promotional tool for me, and and like I said, it's good for uh, potential readers to take a swing on something without coming out of pocket and decide if they like it or not first before they move on. You're available everywhere, right? You're not exclusive to Amazon. Nope, I'm. Um, I am everywhere you can. Uh, everywhere you can pick up an ebook, I'm at. Hmm. Yeah. And so, um, and oh, because you know you don't work in the weekends, so that's good. That's what I tell you. You still have to find time to to do the things that you that you enjoy, <laughs> like fishing. But yeah, you know, that, that's good. The, the way you've, you've set your uh, schedule, you can enjoy stuff like that. You're not always writing. Yeah, and if it's something that, you know, if I need a, you know, if I need a work day 
you know, if, we, if I need a weekday to do something else, which is usually fishing or something like that, <laughs> or if I got something, you know, an appointment booked somewhere, I'll try to, uh, you know, I'll, I'll swap out a weekend day for, you know, for something like that or whatever. I mean, that I, that I don't mind doing. I try to get that that five days a week, you know, and it could be, I, I've always been fairly uh, good about being disciplined, you know, if you want it to pay like a job, you should treat it like a job, you know, It's but it's it's nice to be able to not have to answer to everyone and work at your own schedule and this and that, but you still have to actually work. Yeah, that's uh, that must have over 40 interviews now. That's all the, the successful uh, writers like yourself have very disciplined schedules and they treat it like a job. You know, I mean, it's a fun job, obviously, rather than working, you know, a regular <laughs> job, but it's still treating it like a job because it's what it is. You want to pay your bills and everything. <laughs> yep. Yep. If I exactly, you know, if you wanted to to pay it serious, you need to treat it serious. So yeah. it's funny that you uh, you mentioned Russell Blake a couple times. He was that was right around when I was starting out, and uh, he put up a post basically. If you want to be successful, here's the things to do, and it was about thirty, forty different things. But uh, and if nobody's if if you haven't checked that out or anyone who hasn't checked that out, go check it out because I did and I tried to stick to it and he knew what he was talking about. Even right now, it's still pretty spot on. Yeah, I know what I know what you're talking about. I'll have a link on it on the website for the listeners. Um, I'll, I'll dig that out. I think I have it bookmarked. <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. I still have it bookmarked too, and that was the first thing that, like I said, my girlfriend's you know, has an interest in this and whatever, and that was the first thing that I pointed her here towards. Here, read this. Yeah, he's a machine. He's, like, he's a, amazing how his output. <laughs> Although you're already yeah. right up there. <laughs> uh, so, um, uh, well, I'm not going to keep it too much longer here, but uh, what do you, um, I mean, I know we've talked some pretty good advice uh, for aspiring writers, uh, writers, you have some of those are, are my listeners. But uh, anything else you'd like to say before uh, before I let you go? Uh, not really. Appreciate everyone uh, checking it out. Like uh, like you said, you can grab the first couple books for of mine in the series for free. Uh, take a shot, see if it's right for you, and that's about it. Yeah, your website is at ehreinhard.com, and I'll have a link to that as well. But people can go check that out. It's very easy to get them. I like the website, the way it's laid out. It's very nice and easy to navigate, by the way. Thank you. But that's, that's, that's a past. Uh, that's that's a little bit of my past life that I still do when I was doing web design. I, that's all. I did that myself. So, oh, okay. Well, that's, 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 that's a nice figure that someone thinks it's easy to use. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, thanks very much for being on the uh, podcast. I appreciate it. Yep, thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Meet the Thriller Author. I'd like to ask you to please review and rate this uh, podcast over on iTunes. It really helps me get the word out. If you take a few seconds of your time to uh, do that, it would be much appreciated. You can also visit my website at thrillingreads.com forward slash podcast for show notes on this episode, as well as information about the uh, podcast in general. And you can also sign up for my mailing list there. You'll be getting uh, special offers from our 
guests as well as information uh, behind the scenes information on the podcast and uh, please do visit my author website at alanpeterson.com I appreciate your support and so until next episode I will talk to you then